and welcome to our podcast. Just another F word. I'm Ellie. I'm Ella. And oh my gosh, we've had a hiatus. I know, we've is been away. A, is it called a hiatus? I have no clue, but it sounded great. Just say it yeah. with confidence. We've had a hiatus? Yes. Say it with confidence and anyone hiatus. believes that that's what you meant. Yes, yeah, totally meant. I knew what we were saying. Um, we've been away for a week. We have. We've had a week off. Why did we have a week off? Oh, because we needed it, actually. Yeah. We've um yeah. it's been busy, like kind of just with our day to day mahi, personal mm-hmm. lives. Other businesses. Yes. Because you had your market. market. I know, team. I'm just I'm just like a businesswoman, an entrepreneur. You are. Um it's just pretty gangster. Um yeah, so it's been busy. It has been busy. But um how are you in these two weeks? How have you been? I have been oh it's a good question because you want to you want to be on here and be like I've been great yeah it's been like the best two weeks you live in my life hashtag love live love laugh um put that on my wall like that kind of thing but it's been crazy like you said mahi's been intense um I had a pretty shitty incident that happened last week that we'll go into a bit more today mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been feeling a bit overwhelmed, actually. Yeah. Mm. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's like we've always, we are encouraged or for whatever reason we want to mm-hmm. kind of portray that actually things are always going really well or whatever. Yeah. And actually sometimes you just have a really hard and shit and stressful couple of weeks or month or life. months or life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went right into life. Um, but it's true. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that's like a really big problem with like social media, right? Like, Everyone on social media is posting like, living the best life, this is so great, look at me here, look at me there. And it's something I've always really struggled with. And um, now I try, I want to be more authentic. And when we're on the podcast or when we're on social media, I want to be able to go like, well, actually the reality is this. Like you Mm. may see this beautiful Instagram photo, but I actually took that like three months ago. Mm -hmm. And now I'm actually living like this, like, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. It's trying to... Yeah, it's hard. It can be hard to express that stuff, though, especially when you're in the middle of it. Because I've probably yeah. been quite similar to you in many ways. Obviously. It's because we're Ellie and Ella, two, piece, two E's in a pod. <laughs> two E's in a pod. Bum, bum, <laughs> honey. Um, but, yeah, it's been it's really similar. I had, like, a week off work, which was mm-hmm. fantastic, and I had such a nice time, and it was really chilled. Um, but then, yeah, just Mahi's been really busy, and it's just been... Lots of like, yeah, just lots happening. Yeah. And you just, sometimes you're just quite full. Um, it's a good way to describe it. Full, mm, you know. Mm. And what happens when you fill a cup past its capacity? It spills everywhere. It spills everywhere. Yeah. And I think um, needing to look after ourselves is really important. And that's for everyone listening. Is it actually, um, it's that martyrdom, martyrdom, yeah. martyrdom that we, we, give and we give and we give and we give and we just keep giving and it doesn't matter um but doing that actually is then teaching your your friends and your whanau Mm -hmm. that that's how everyone should be and then it just becomes this like ripple effect of everyone Mm -hmm. being a martyr and then no one actually taking care of themselves totally which is why we took actually that week off last Mm -hmm. week from the podcast was us looking after ourselves and being like actually we don't have the capacity to mm-hmm. do this and yeah. we're going to take a week off, week off and yeah. thank you for sticking with us i know you guys missed us i know it was hard but yeah. we're back no so. worries there i think also probably um 
from if we cast our minds back to our last episode mm. which was dear a big yeah dear wahine and we obviously it was big episode mm-hmm. anyway um and there was already even at that point a lot of we were feeling a lot mm-hmm. and i think we're probably still on a bit of a roller coaster from that yeah. you know we're still carrying some of that yeah definitely. even though things have shifted and they're you know but they haven't really shifted obviously but um yeah. you know there's been things there's been things going on but i think we've still been carrying some of that energy with us which is probably we why do. yeah we always you do know? right and that's probably why we've um decided to come to the topic which we're doing yeah. today as well safety plans mm. because because it's been a hot topic right it's been a topic that um has been going on on social media especially um around our dear waiheni episode around um women making safety plans and um ella and i are pretty privileged in the sense that we get to run programs Mm. where we talk to waiheni and talk about safety plans and talk about you know how fucked up it is that we have to create them yeah and um, what we were realizing is that we kind of put ourselves not on a pedestal, but we put ourselves in a place of going, we know safety plans, they just roll off and we'll do this and we'll tell you that you should do, like you could do this and this mm. and this. But when you're in the moment, there is, um, it is sometimes hard yeah. to remember those safety plans that you've put in place. Totally. Um, yeah. And we'd, um, we'd had that, we'd obviously had that last episode, mm-hmm. the... I definitely have felt like the feelings from that, from Sarah Everard's like death and then obviously the work that we do all the time mm-hmm. and it was a real reminder as to all the women that experience things. And then both of us have had separate incidents that have happened which have reminded us of the fucking need to have safety plans in a time when we're already quite... And it's mm-hmm. really like brought it all up again and you're right that we yeah. shouldn't need to it's but we actually those, have to and it's one of those things it's like um it's almost like the universe is going here this is what it's almost like um yeah. because we're in it all the time and we talk about it all the time and we encourage our wife to to use them we often put ourselves in a place of going well that won't happen to us mm-hmm. or that if it does happen to us we'll just tell people to fuck off mm-hmm. and um sometimes that doesn't work for safety eh? mm-hmm. And um, so we both had experiences where we had to safety plan and use safety plans that we'd, mm. we'd had created but didn't mm. maybe have them at the forefront. Eh? Yeah, 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 totally. Should we start off with those kind of yeah. stories, do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I think mine was happened probably first. Yeah. Um, and that was whilst I mentioned I was obviously away on leave, which was fab. And I went away by myself and did like a big road trip. Um, and it was the first time I've really done something like that. So I was quite mm. apprehensive, but also really excited. Um, went up north. Um, kind of did a big road trip up northern New Zealand all the way up to like Cape Triangle and stopped at a few places along the way. Beautiful. But one of the, yeah, and it was fab. It was awesome. One of the um, days I, quite early on, I decided to have a bit more of a chilled day and I was just at the beach um, by myself and I was reading my book um and having a fab time it was beautiful mm-hmm. weather and everything um and a but a man did drive you can drive your car on these beaches for people that don't know that which i didn't realize this either Woo-hoo! new zealand <laughs> i know i We're was like crazy where? so this guy like came and drove his car right up next to where i was sitting on my like little nice green stripy picnic blanket mm-hmm. um and then started to talk to me whilst i'm obviously reading my book um, and, you know, it was all very, like, polite, 
Um, and I was being very polite at first and kind of answering his questions, but then would keep, like, I knew where he was going with it and I kept mm-hmm. looking back to my book to try and indicate that mm-hmm. I didn't really want to speak to him. Um, and then he, because of a conversation that happened, he offered to drive me, like, round the corner of this point to, like, yeah. check out the surf around there. And I was like, no, I don't want to go around the corner yeah. to do that. I'm okay, thank you. Um, and we wouldn't talk for, like, a couple of minutes and I'd try and read my book and then he would start talking to me again. Um, and essentially he asked me four times mm, if I wanted yeah. to go for a lift with him around the corner of this point and I told him four times no. Yeah. Um, well, you actually told him no a lot more times yeah. but like verbally verbally I said, said the words no, no yeah. yeah but then all your body language and everything is mm-hmm. telling them to like leave um he asked me questions such as like oh who are you with mm-hmm. um have you got a boyfriend why are you traveling by yourself mm-hmm. um and these kind of questions can be quite unnerving and yeah I think one of yeah. the things that kind of came to me around that question around having a partner and something that I realized is like I've been with a partner for a wee while and I'm no longer with my partner and um I you don't get asked those things when you're with a man Mm -hmm. and so often I've been traveling Mm -hmm. with a man for quite recently and then and for all times that you're traveling with you don't you don't then get confronted in this way and it was a real stark reminder of like oh yeah I'm a woman by myself and this is what happens because you kind of like when you've I think when it hasn't happened for a period of time, mm-hmm. you almost forget. And then it's like, oh, yeah, shit, now I'm by myself. So here we go. Yeah. Like, and it's that. So eventually, um, he, I, I actually was like, right, he's not leaving in his mm. car and got to that point where I felt so uncomfortable. I didn't feel able to ask him to leave because I was by myself in a place that I, and there were people around, but I was by mm-hmm. myself in a place that I didn't really know. So I decided, oh, okay, I'm just going to leave. So yeah. I packed up my stuff and told him I'm going to go. And at that point, he then got the hint and drove off. Oh, that's Um, awful, though. But yeah, it was really, it was really shit. It is shit because, like, it's that expect, like, it's like you were saying, you'd verbally said no four times, Mm. and yet that wasn't enough. And we are told because because the the reality is that for women and men, we've talked about it briefly before, but when women and men walk in two significantly different worlds, mm-hmm. we've talked about it how like um Maori Maori and mm. um, Pakeha or uh, Maori and white or indigenous or bipoc and white people walk in different worlds, but in reality, women and men walk in different worlds too, you know, and that fundamentally comes down to the fact that um, men don't have the fear that we have, mm-hmm. right, when we're walking. How many women who are listening to this have been told when you're walking, don't walk late at night, mm. um, if you are, carry your keys between your fingers, mm. pretend you're on the cell phone to someone, mm. um, uh, walk on the other side of the road if you see someone, um you know, use your torch. Like, if we were doing one of those TikTok challenges, like, all the wahine who are listening right now would have put down their fingers while we were naming yeah, those things. Yeah, and they could. Because this is what we do. But if you ask a man that, yeah. you'll have, like, nine times out of ten men will be like, oh, yeah, no, it's all good. And one man will say, oh, yeah, no, I was feeling yeah. a bit uncomfortable. Or they've had, like, one experience at one time where, you know, recognising that there are times when people get jumped and obviously mm-hmm. get beaten up and that's an experience that men will experience violence from other men just yeah. to indicate that that's where the vast majority of violence comes from mm-hmm. it's men perpetrated by men but um it's not the same no. as that absolute fear of your safety and of your sexual yeah because let's, as let's well. be honest because what women are worried about when we're walking home at night is that we're going to be raped or we're yeah. going to be murdered yeah you know those are the things that we are 
planning in our heads. Mm-hmm. I um, remember when I was at uni, one of the only things I remember, we've talked about sociology before, you and I, and how like you I love, love sociology. <laughs> and I said I hated it. Um, but the only thing that I could remember from the sociology class was um, my teacher talking about man territory. Mm. And it's this one thing that has resonated with me for the last like 12 years. Oh, I don't even know if it was 12 years. But it was 12 yeah, years. We'll go 12. 12 years, it sounds good. Um, and it's the idea that... Any place that is dark is territory or spaces that women will feel unsafe Mm. because we are told that that is where bad stuff happens. It's portrayed in movies, it's portrayed in books and comics and everything, Mm. but it's also unsafe because we can't see anything mm. and not only can't we see anything is no one can see us mm, totally and there's normally less people around and everything mm-hmm. hey just like thinking about that the other situation so mm. this is like two situations within the space of two weeks and nothing even happened with this situation but it was when i oh yeah i um I fainted in a Polynesian spa in Rotorua and ah! <laughs> cut my chin. Um, hashtag Polynesian spa. We're I know. Calling shout you out. out. Um, yeah. Is this a sponsorship? No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they no, should it, be. It should be. I ended up having to get a bunch of stitches in my chin and spent my Friday night in A and E. So there we are. Fun time. I'll send a photo. <laughs> but um, but then they discharged me super early in the morning at like six a.m. because uh, I had to stay overnight in the hospital. And uh, it was pitch black, and I was walking across Rotorua because there was no taxi, and Jesus I couldn't get a car. Christ. I couldn't get there was. No no taxis at all and my car wasn't parked near the because I'd got a lift to the hospital um but yeah it was that I it was dark and I was a woman by myself in a place I didn't know and then all of those we're going to talk about what the safety plan mm-hmm. things that we do but I it's that fear of like oh this What's is not a space I should be in right now um yeah. which yeah yeah I mean, like I mean yeah so like my yeah so my inc- <laughs> so my yeah. incident that happened last week was um so I was at my market it was really really cool I'd been to this market before and it was super successful but to just visualize where this market is is it's down a long road and it's quite I want to say woody, but it's not woody, but it is quite rural. It is, yeah. In the sense, and that when you, there aren't a lot of light posts down there and it's a cul-de-sac. So you get down to the end and when you're at the end of the cul-de-sac, there's lots of bush around it. And it's this tucked away little building that you're in, but there are no real big light light posts out there. Um, And I ended up coming a little bit late to the market. So I'd parked down at the bottom of the cul-de-sac and my partner had already set up all my stock and stuff. So I didn't have to bring anything in. And I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about like, I had to get there on time. And um, so the market was really good. Met some really cool other sellers, really enjoyed it. Met some amazing people who'd come to see me, which I was like, oh my gosh, I'm famous. You sold um, lots of things. I sold so many things. Yes. It was really, really cool. Um, but then as the night was going on, I was also recognizing that I was lucky. Ella came to sit with me. I told my partner not to come because mm. he had work. And I was like, you don't need to come. I'm all good. It's like, it's fine. And that's something that we always tell ourselves. Mm. Like, we're fine. Um, because we want to live in a world where we are fine. Mm. And um, it was getting later in the night and people were starting to pack down. And bear in mind, this market is meant to go to nine o'clock and it's around quarter to eight at this point. And... Um, my like heckles came up like the hair on the back of my neck came up and a man came into the building and beelined straight for me Mm. and already my intuition is screaming this isn't okay Mm -hmm. and um but also in this mindset I'm going I'm a storeholder Mm. this is my business Mm -hmm. I need to present myself a certain Mm -hmm. way 
And so um, he came in and he, the first thing he said to me was, so you're from this town. And like where I'm from, where I'm living now, it's quite rural. It's not a big place. It's nowhere. It's like a half hour drive from where the market was. Um, I don't advertise it because why do I need to? Like, mm. you know what I mean? And I hadn't said that really. I may have said it to like one person, mm. which would have meant that this guy was listening mm. or he's done some research. Mm. And so he came up and I was like, oh, startled. Yeah, I am. And then he was like, asking all these questions. Why do you live there? Um, who do you live with? And in that moment, I said I lived with my husband, which um, is huge because like even prior, I was thinking about when I was just saying the story, I call Tay, my partner. I've never, I don't call him my fiance. I don't call him, uh, sometimes I call him my boyfriend. I don't mm. ever label it as like that cemented, but I knew that in that moment I needed to cement myself mm. to a committed... To um, a man, you mm. know, um, and I said, no, I'm with my, I, I live with my husband and throughout this conversation, I was uneasy. I felt sick. There was, um, a smell that came from him of like stale alcohol and mm. urine and sweat. And he was touching all my products and kept taking business cards and all of this stuff was really creepy. And then he said, I really want to buy this crystal. And I was like, oh, cool. So that's like bank transfer or cash. And he's like, oh, I don't have any of that. I only have FPOS. And I go, oh, well, unfortunately, I don't do that. But we mm. could do a bank transfer. Mm. And he was so adamant not to do that. And he goes, oh, I'm, I'll go down to my bus. It's just down the road. I'll get some cash out. I'll try and find some cash. And I was like, cool, ads, but hey, look, I might be here at the next market. Like, it's not a big deal. Mm. Like, really pushing the fact they didn't have to buy anything. Mm. And as he left, and by him leaving, I could still feel him watching me. Mm. Different stallholders had come up and go, oh, see, so you nearly got last sale. Good thing you didn't. Like, and not recognizing actually the unsafeness that was mm. happening in this situation. And um, when I had said I didn't want a sale from this man to one stallholder, I, um, um, I could feel the judgment of almost like I was being snobby mm. to him. Which mm. also is another thing that mm. means that as women we put ourselves in unsafe situations, eh? Mm. And so he came back and he and he was really persistent of like trying to tell me that um, he had no money but he could do a, uh, he had FPOS in his bus and I should come to his bus to um, get that money out mm. and that if I come to his bus he'll show me it and, and he'll get the cash out there and and all this stuff and like if, if you can't bank transfer then you can't use FPOS and in all of this I'm trying to create a plan and I'd at, at this point I texted my partner and said hey um, just checking in to let you know that a creepy person is talking to me in case I get murdered tonight mm. and and this is what women do right we use humor as a way mm. to um, to hide the fear that we had because we are told frequently that we shouldn't make judgments on other people by the way they look, by the way they make us feel, by the way they smell. Yeah. But all those things are triggering our intuition and we should really listen to that. Mm. Um, and then I also messaged my friend and that started a whole ball rolling that we'll talk about later. But basically what happened is he really was pushing me to come to his bus. Um, and in that moment, um, and I said no, and, I could f and he left, I could feel anger and disappointment. But I also notice him following me, mm. not only his eyes, but physically following me. And in that moment, I knew that if I don't create a really good safety plan around me and make sure that I get home, I get to my car safely, 
I may not get home tonight. Mm. And it's one of those really <sighs> terrifying things that we experience as women mm. that um, that we don't um, address, you know, because mm. we're expected to that we're all in the same world and we all experience the same things. But this was a moment where in the dark cul-de-sac, I had to pack all my stuff up and I had to know that this man was following me and I had to make sure that I was safe and that I could get home. And it's just so harrowing that this was happening Mm -hmm. and that this is stuff that we talk about every single day mm-hmm. of our lives is the education that we do and we still are experiencing it ourselves and it's it's just fucked up yes. you know and so I mean I got home so that was good mm-hmm. but the scary thing for me was also I drove down the road and I saw the bus mm-hmm. I knew where he'd parked it I could see how conveniently parked it was Mm. for what he wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I could also acknowledge that my experience uh, my work like all the stuff that I knew was layers of safety that I had I had but there were other young wahine that were starting their businesses off in this um, in this market and if they didn't have the stuff or if they continue to not listen to their intuition Mm. would they have also felt pressured or needing to prove that they're brave Mm. and gone with this man Mm. and it's and it's that terrifying thing that is happening thank you ali because that's fucking huge story to Mm. share and to relive it and you're right it's like if you wonder if, if you know, we, we know about this stuff all the time and therefore it kind of kicks in to a certain extent, but um, it's just so important. We just, we just have to do it because whilst mm-hmm. we still live in a world where this stuff exists, we shouldn't have to. We can get really fucking angry and we should get really fucking mm-hmm. angry at the fact that we have to. But at the same time, we actually do need to provide ev- yeah. the tools to be able to keep yourself safe and to challenge those voices which tell you you're being stupid or tell mm-hmm. you no you're just you're just looking into this too much or it's you're not just really being happening. judgmental he's yeah. you know he's not he's harmless he's not that bad you know um maybe you'll get that sale mm. you know it's it's you're just being a wimp you know you're just no nah. yeah and it's that internalized like some some of us will feel the fear of um it's not that bad you're just making it up like that is what doubt is saying in your mm. mind some of us and it's the voice that I have all the time is um, you're being a wimp. You need to harden up. Um, things like that don't happen to girls like you. Like those are the narratives that have been um, inbred in me from somewhere. And it's so fucked up that those are the things because actually we know that sexual violence and we know that murder and assault um, happens to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a cookie cutter okay you fit into that that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen mm-hmm. um and that's why it's so important that we are educating because school systems fail why yeah. because we don't teach 
safety plans and I know it's that conversation we shouldn't have to mm. but but we like, do have to but look at the clear case that Ella and I have experienced this last two weeks that this mm. is what's happened to us and we're educated in this field and we encourage people to be fucking nightmares mm. and to like tell men to fuck off and I bet you a million dollars that if we were in a nightclub scenario and this man came up, we would do that, right? Yeah, We'd be like, yeah, yeah. fuck off, you We've know? We've done it. <laughs> we do it all the time. Yeah. But, but it's different. You have to, this is part of actually safety planning as you judge the situation mm-hmm. and you trust whatever's going to help get you through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you might, you know, it, it is, it's just judging. Yep. It's just judging that and different situations you're gonna know how to react because you couldn't right like with your creepy dude in the bar uh, not the bus and the creepy dude in the beach if you told him you need to fuck off mate yeah no it wouldn't it wouldn't have gone down well i just ended up being polite and then leaving Mm -hmm. myself because it got to that point where i felt so uncomfortable yeah um but if i told him to fuck off i wouldn't have stayed no so it's just and it is it's just judging that but you do then end up questioning yourself and thinking oh i should have said this or i should have done that i should have been more confronting but if i was braver i would have done this you know that's not that's not the way it works you just have to take those steps and yeah you i think we can develop like safety plans for a variety of different situations yeah. obviously these ones that we've talked about are kind of that more like stranger stuff you know yeah. it's those randoms in those situations maybe you're walking home at night at night by yourself or yeah. you're going home from a nightclub or or whatever it is that you're or doing or you're in berlin um you're having a rager you're quite off your face and then you think you're going to get stolen into a sex trafficking ring absolutely you need a safety plan for that <sighs> based on a true story of my life but it's <laughs> And, and, then, then, yeah. and then also you'll have your safety plans in in this idea of a safety plan you'll have it for abusive relationships when mm-hmm. you're in that intimate partner relationship and someone's being abusive yeah. and there'll be certain things which is worth having in mind to help keep you safe or if you're leaving an abusive relationship there'll be safety certain a certain plan yeah. and that plan might change depending on what your situation is and as your safety changes too yeah and absolutely. then there's also um safety plans for your mental health right mm-hmm. like you know we know that lots of things um can be triggering and how do we keep ourselves safe so that we don't feel that internal um, fear and that and that unsafeness in ourselves when we're experiencing mm-hmm. triggers or situations like and triggers can be from anything from watching a movie to um, a story being told at work to a podcast mm-hmm. to um to an event to happening, an event something yeah. happening that can be triggering to something that's yeah. happened way back before yeah. someone says something and it takes you back to a place yeah so we need to look at devising safety plans unfortunately for Waihene all the time um in different scenarios. And for our our Tane listeners, our men listeners, what is a really important thing for you to do to be an ally is A, challenge the fucking men around you and their toxic behaviours. Mm. And if you see a wahine that needs help, fucking help her. Mm-hmm. But also talk to your wahine in your life about what their safety plans are. Mm-hmm. Because if you know what their safety plan is, then you know that... Um, that when they do something or they're texting something or they're doing or acting a certain way, it's because they're trying to enact that safety plan. Yeah. So we realise actually we've <laughs> we've loaded a lot onto this podcast and maybe initially what we've planned, we haven't actually got round to talking about everything. But mm-hmm. that's actually okay because I yeah. think we actually really needed to set this up and to show what, you know, talk about why safety plans are needed because it is a frustrating and a hard conversation to have. And for, I guess, like, throughout 
throughout the podcast, we've chucked in tidbits of situations yeah. that we've experienced. Um, but sometimes when you're talking about this, because you know that this is mahi that we do, we can often be put on pedestals of not really knowing the realities of what are happening. Mm. And for us to share these stories, especially since they've come so recently, yeah. is, um, is to remind our listeners and you guys that this can happen to anyone. Mm. And unfortunately... Um, we could probably pull out a long, long list mm-hmm. if we really wanted to of other times where this has happened because mm-hmm. there have been other circumstances where for both of us where we've had shit situations and been in these situations where we've had to bring up safety plans or felt fearful. Like Berlin when I'm off my face exactly. and thought I was going to be sex trafficked. That's a good example yeah. <laughs> for sure. I actually genuinely have got myself and a guy kicked out of a nightclub after he groped me one yes. night and I confronted him. So like yes. there's been a whole load of shit that I'm sure we could bring up. And but- you're in your wahine in your life like our stories aren't unique to us yeah these if you took our names out and put our voices out and use these words and these stories in the voices of your loved wahine it would be situations and scenarios that they've experienced themselves exactly so what we're going to do is we're going to have a part two to our safety plans um episodes we're going to release another episode next week where we're going to go into depth about the kinds of things that you can include in your safety plan yep. for different scenarios. So we're yep. going to dedicate a whole episode for that because we realise we actually really need to. Yeah. And then I also feel like, just to preempt what our episodes are going to be, but I also would really like to like dedicate an episode for men yeah. and what they can do. But, you know, that will be... We're no, going to do fuck, that. Yeah, because, because the thing is, is that um, sometimes as men, we, as men, we, as men... <laughs> from the conversations I've had since we've had this podcast is that there's a helplessness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, you're not helpless. You're in a space of privilege. So let's use that privilege exactly. to fucking support the wahine around you. So we'll give some top tips. So this is a reason to continue listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, next week, let's do um, safety plans yeah. and what they're involved. Yeah. Welcome back to the part of our podcast, which is our See You Next Thursday rant or rave. See you next Thursday. Yes, which spells... See you next Thursday rant or rave. <laughs> That's what it spells. Um, so yeah, it's the part of... It's one of our favourite parts of the show where we get to do a little bit of, you know, talk about what's happened in our week or one not yeah. our week, in the week, week of, of news. the world. Of the world, anyway. I wanted to call our whole podcast See You Next Thursday just as a high, as a, as a highlight. I have no idea why. No, neither. Neither. Why would I want to do that why anyway? Why would you want to do that? Have rant you got... Um, Ellie, yeah, have you got a rant or a rave? I have a rave. Oh, I've got a rant, so... Ooh, you go first. Should I go first? We'll go low and go high? Yeah, end on a high. Yeah. My voice. Oh. Um. Yeah, so mine is a rant, and it's actually... Well, it's probably more of um, a real recognition and a bit of a tribute, and because we've been offline for a few weeks, and during those few weeks, um, um there was, in Atlanta, a white supremacist mm. man murdered eight um asian women um he stormed into massage parlor in atlanta and yeah and shot and murdered um eight asian women and it sparked off a big conversation around um southeast asian and east asian like kind of hatred that has been increasing Mm -hmm. over the past year but has always been there but really with covid and stuff it's kind of like ramped up good point Um, because that's the thing people that 
you know, there's so many um, racist remarks towards um, people from the Asian community, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And especially since COVID, just like, you know, we had a, a, we had a orange president Mm. at some point (laughs) calling it Mm. the China virus, virus. you know? So how can we not see that there is just so much um, xenophobia in the, um, in the in the world yeah and xenophobia is that like real fear mm. and hatred of what's perceived to be like a foreign or strange person or yeah. object is kind of what that means but um yeah and i think something to recognize for um asian women is there's the added kind of dynamic of being like fetishized of being 100%. exoticized like objectified as well for, mm-hmm. um particularly by white white supremacy and white men which means that these issues of domestic abuse of exploitation of trafficking yeah. yes degradation of like asian women and their bodies it's not it actually enables that stuff to happen because yeah. that's such a good point like it's yeah. there's like two um paradigms right mm. like um for asian women is that they're either hated mm. or they're fetishized. fetishized totally it's it's fucking bullshit and then it allows so it's again it's like understanding how these different aspects of someone's mm-hmm. identity mean impacts upon their experiences mm-hmm. but one of the big things i think that kind of came out um which was a lot on Instagram and stuff, and but just generally in activist kind of spheres was like, well, let's have these conversations. Why are we not talking about the murder of these women and mm-hmm. exp- and talking about it the way that it is, that it's a white supremacist. And it's also a femicide, you know? Yeah, they targeted massage parlors where they know that women work, mm-hmm. particularly where Asian and well, Southeast work, Asian yeah. and East Asian women work. So yeah, it's... Um, so this is really having... Uh, we've talked a lot about this kind of topic in general but there's that need to really recognize events that are happening yeah because let's be honest also it probably wasn't as um acknowledged in social media and on the news as much as other events would have been you know exactly it was there for a little bit but it's almost like okay so what like um asian wahine lives don't matter as much as yeah like who's you know exactly it's it's this bullshit of actually acknowledging it's femicide but there's also this racist Mm -hmm. there is absolute undertone of it all Mm -hmm. and we need to fucking step up for Mm -hmm. our sisters of all Mm -hmm. races ethnicities cultures identities Mm -hmm. non-binary trans women like all of this you need to fucking step up Mm -hmm. because we know that um, women and non-binary people and trans women, gender non-conforming people mm-hmm. will experience violence at a much larger level. And then if we add in the components of um, being a BIPOC woman of colour, all of these things that it's going to make, that abuse is just going to be exaggerated and you're probably not going to receive the same supports or the same rec- like voice as well. Um, so yeah, that's my rant, acknowledgement. Um, to Wahine. Yeah, to Wahine. Mm. And I hope that the other things that we're doing kind of help to resonate with with those experiences and it's definitely something we'll talk more about yeah probs yeah no definitely not probs definitely talk about okay ellie Woo! we really need a rave ha- yeah we do we need a rave. real good rave so give it rave, to us rave, hope, you, rave. hope you've got a goodie ravey ravey rave um hi uh, kia ora, I'm Ellie, mm-hmm. and um welcome to just another f word um i'm raving mm-hmm. about 
In Aotearoa, we are the second country in the world to provide leave for those who have experienced a miscarriage or a stillbirth. Awesome. Now, I also want to say I said those because mm. it's identifying that parents cool. are now entitled. So it doesn't matter if you are wahine, tane, non-binary, trans, if you have experienced um, a stillbirth or a miscarriage in your whanau, like mm. in your rela- intimate relationship or whatever, or if you experience it, um, mm. then you are entitled Yeah. leave. Yeah. And I think that's so fucking important because it, yeah. it does because I think what's happened is that when we when we've when these have happened, we don't acknowledge the um the severity of what the experience of um a miscarriage or stillbirth yeah. is. And the grief. And the grief is it. And then that people are just like, Oh, just take leave just take three days annual leave for your bereavement. So like, do you get no. three how many um just a side note, in the UK when you have a bereavement leave? I think it's I don't think there's like a prescribed number of days I think it's like up to your employer but I oh. think I think they could give you one that they will look at a situation but it would really depend on your employer I don't think they're entire I don't think if you have a, a funeral but our funerals only last a day oh yeah see in, in Aotearoa we have tangi yeah. and tangi can be up to well I mean we're technically again it's at the employer's discretion but you could have a tangi up for three days mm. um so that's always what I've known is it yeah so whereas in the UK um in terms of white Christian typically culture mm. the funerals in a day so if that was on a Thursday then your employer would probably just give you that day off and that would be Maybe it. back on Friday yeah back on Friday even yeah. if it was like like a mum or a dad or yeah I mean I hope you would hope that an employer would be kinder and mm. would give you more time but technically I don't think they have to that's fucked up yeah, and they definitely they wouldn't do for miscarriage absolutely or stillbirth. Not. And that's no, absolutely not. And that's the thing. It's like you're grieving for the loss of a human life. Yeah, like one that you yeah you were expecting to come out soon. You know, yeah. to raise and to exactly. And it's just and it's because it's one of those. I think it's something that's quite ashamed and, mm. and 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 often with grief in general, it's almost like right. Well, you've had that time now, and you should be over it. And it's like that's oh. not how it works. No. You know, we carry that with us, and mm-hmm. and you need to give people the space to. I had a yeah, really cool experience grief. once where I think it was a whānau member was telling me about tangi and, and, and this isn't the same for everyone's way or everyone's marae or everyone's whānau and how they do tangi but what we do tangi is we put leaves on the um, in the tangi's funeral just so you know so we do this big funeral um, well we could do a whole episode on tangi um, and um, when we when we go we put leaves on the on the on the grave and um what they say is that when the last leaf dries, that is when your grief is done. Mm. But what we also acknowledge is that um, Fano constantly are coming in and putting mm. leaves on and constantly going over the weeks and the months and the years putting on. And so that represents that actually um, the grief is still really there and it's still there until that last leaf has gone dry, mm. then the mm. grieving process. And I think it's a really beautiful way of doing it. Um, but also just to link into your um, right, rant, 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 um, the first country in the world who had um, instilled this law mm. around bereavement for stillbirths and miscarriages was the Philippines. Cool. Fucking cool, eh? Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. It's cool. You kind of actually, when it came, when I saw it in the news, I was like, shit, that's mm. not a thing. And yeah. you kind of realise actually how fucked up that is. Yeah. That we don't recognise that for all parents, as you said. Exactly. Everyone so. who is a parent. So. It's a cool, it's a cool one. Yeah. Good job, Arturo. Good work, team. 
things have triggered you today, or you're worried about something you, a friend, or a whānau member is experiencing, please reach out to Women's Refuge on 0800 733 843 and follow the instructions to find your local refuge. You can also call Lifeline on 0800 543 354 or you can text 1737 to access free counselling here in New Zealand. For our friends and whānau outside of New Zealand, let us know where you are so we can support you in accessing the right services for you. We would love it if you can rate, review and subscribe on whichever platform you use. This really helps our wee podcast grow. And just remember to fuck the patriarchy. And see you next Thursday.